0: Hey, this is Matthew's Table Podcast Channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly,
1: whose you are. Hello, hello. I mean, can I get a, one of those fancy earpieces? Is there any way? Rob? Tech guy, what's up? What are you doing back here? Can I get an earpiece or I'll just have to hold my biceps like this the whole time? Show you how strong I look holding this microphone. Okay, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, so, hope everyone has had a great start to your week. Um, it's funny because where's Roger at? I don't even see Roger. Oh, there he is. Uh, Roger asked me to come teach a lesson a couple weeks ago, well, a little over a month ago. And every time Roger or Nick asked me to do something, I'm always like, man, I'm out of my comfort zone. I haven't worked for Friends of Centers for about a year and a half. So getting in front of people, um, sharing my testimony is normal. But teaching a lesson or something outside of my comfort zone, man, I start to get all like finicky and start to like stress out. And I'm like, Roger, I do my lessons at the last minute. I show up. At the last minute. And I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, like, how can I deliver this message to where it breaks down and I make sense? Because most of the time, just quite frankly, I ramble on. I just talk about nonsense stuff. That's what I do. But um, Roger gave me the lesson about identity and what I what like what it looks like to have your identity in Christ. Like, how does that resemble us as humans walking this earth in a world full of lunatics, in which I was once a lunatic. Sometimes I still am, according to my wife. But uh, when it comes to identity, like, what are the first things that comes to your mind? Typically, when I think of identity, we think of your name, you think about your qualities, your personality, um, your beliefs, and so on. But when it comes to identity, there's a worldview and there's a God view and in this day and age and how things are in this world it's very very muddy like it's unclear because nowadays it seems like the christians look like the rest of the world and we are called to be set apart you know and that's something that it's very very hard to sift through and 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 because there's just so many different There's so many different things that we could pick apart and believe when it comes to identity. And the best way I can describe or give you a picture or glimpse of what identity looks like is one of our favorite childhood movies, Tarzan. How many of you guys are familiar with the story about Tarzan? Can I get a show of hands? Who's watched the movie Tarzan? So everybody knows, right? So at this point, like, really, we all have a, a bit of Tarzan in us, right? So going through the story of Tarzan. Tarzan was basically a little boy that was raised by apes. Some people call me an ape. I wasn't raised by an ape. But um, Tarzan was raised by apes. And I <laughs> some people found that funny, didn't you? But, um... The story about Tarzan was about this little boy who was raised by apes in a jungle and all of his adventures that he went on, right? So I remember sitting as a kid watching Tarzan and, you know, him interacting with other animals and bears and all this stuff. And Tarzan actually believed that he was a what? He was an ape. Like he walked like one. He talked like, is that, how they, is that how they do it, right? I remember vividly that's how Tarzan interacted with the rest of everybody else. I'm not going to, because people's going to give me a hard time about this. Is. But Tarzan interacted like an ape with the rest of the jungle. Beat on his chest, right? He swung on ropes through the trees. Um, so many different things. Until Tarzan had an encounter. But he had an encounter with civilization. That was the first point of truth for Tarzan. And actually, Tarzan's whole—like I said, Tarzan's whole life—he was surrounded by people. And can you imagine? though, seriously, like you're an, like us right now. Being, I don't kind of getting off track, but us like being an animal, like being raised by apes, and we're walking around like with the pelt on. I see Rudy with the pelt on running around. And like eating bugs and whatever. And, and I'm just saying, it was like, it's crazy. That was the way of life though, right? So that was the way of life at that time. Again, when Tarzan had that first encounter, Tarzan was disoriented by the fact of seeing another human. I can't recall, did he see the, the man or Jane first? So he seen Jane, right? So Tarzan seen Jane and he was like, That's like my heaven when I seen heaven, right? When I first time I seen my wife, I was just in basically in awe when I finally recognized her. So I seen heaven many times, but I didn't see heaven, right? So when he finally was faced with truth, he finally was able to see like what I've been doing this whole time is not the right way of living. This is not what life really is, you know, and which brings me to the fact again Don't forget, like Tarzan, everything from A to Z. Eight swung from tree branches, right, Rudy? Swung from tree branches. Many different things just like an animal because his identity was, or his identity was in being an animal. He thought he was an animal, right? So I would call this mistaken identity. My whole life growing up has been a misplaced identity. My identity was based on how the world viewed me, and that's, man, that's, that's, it's really, really dangerous. So, again, my world was based on how I seen myself as how the world seen me. My whole self-worth was valued on, again, how the world treated me and how the world viewed me. The crazy thing about this is I cared so much about how the world seen me and how the world viewed me for so long, as, as I was a kid, the little chubby kid running around, rolling heights, up into an adult, I cared so much about what everybody else was doing. I didn't know who I was at all. I, I just didn't. I was like, put it this way, the best way to describe how I felt or who I was was like, have you ever been on the highway or just been on the road and you see a trash bag, like one of those Walmart bags, like floating? Like you drive by and it's just like floating? If, if not, I mean... I ain't very active today, but okay. So y'all get y'all catch my drift. So it was, I was just like floating. I hung out with the preppy people. I hung out with uh, the bums. I hung out with the thieves. I hung out with um, people who played sports. I hung out with everybody. The church kids. I hung out with the worst of the worst. And again, I was like that grocery bag that just floated around and just went where the wind took me. Right, and that in itself. It's very dangerous until I had my first encounter with the truth. And when I had my first encounter with the truth, just like Tarzan, my life was rocked. When I first, put it this way, when when Roger came with his bald head and it was just like shiny and he came to see me and I'm sitting down in, in, in this seat and we're, we're just talking back and forth and he's, Just talking about, like, I I usually tell this story, so I might as well tell it again. And he's like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? I'm nervous because I want to get out. I'm not really to the point to where I'm converted yet. I don't think I was converted yet. I was desiring God, but I I wasn't fully committed. I had an opportunity to go to uh, another facility, and I would have probably been out in 30 to 60 days. Or I could have spent two years at this place called Friends of Sinners. Who wants to spend two years locked up? At a place where men are hugging each other and doing all this weird stuff, right? Because my identity was still in the world. My identity was still uh, in the street life. And though I wanted it, I still was, I was still on the fence. Anyway, Roger, me and Roger's having this conversation. is going back and forth. And I'm nervous. And this bald guy sitting there talking to me. He's like, "Sup?" up? I'm like, what's up? He's like, because I don't know what Christians look like at this time. I don't, I'm, I'm confused. I, I, yeah, I was partying at that point right there, you know? I was like a mob boss. But Roger was like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, you got some tattoos? And I was like, I was like blown away because like, like, why are we talking about tattoos? Like, I'm trying to get out here. I'm trying to go see my kids. Like, I've been locked up for like six months and never been separated from my family. But again, I didn't know what a Christian looked like. I thought a Christian identified like, you know, dress pants all the way up here over the belly. You know, the pastors with the shirts tucked in. Um, dress shoes, like some glasses, bald head. I didn't know. I never knew because we never really seen what a Christian, and, and, and understand Christian, a Christian is not identified by what you look like, your appearance. But again, once you've been changed by Christ, your whole life is wrecked. You're unrecognizable, right? But anyway, I couldn't tell with Roger. He was just all over the place, right? But anyway, Roger gave me a chance, and that's where in my life I learned what a Christian looks like, how a Christian looks like, uh, and, and, and mainly how a Christian carries himself in a world full of you know lunatics, like I said. So today, I'm going to give you three simple scriptures that sums up your identity in Christ. Very basic. I'm not going to sit up here and, and go on for 30 minutes or 50 minutes, however long. But the, my first scripture is Psalm 139. Verse 14, and it states, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The psalmist David is praising God because he is overwhelmed by the majesty of God, um, by the majesty of God, and how God could create something so beautiful. When we're out there in the streets, we don't realize, like, that we are fearfully and we're wonderfully made. We don't, for some reason, we don't, that doesn't register. And when I say fearfully and wonderfully made, not only that, that we are intricately, did I say that right? Intricately, I did say that right. Good job. Intricately created. So, with that being said, fun fact, do you realize that okay in order for one part of the human cell one part of the process to build a human cell 200,000 amino's have to bond together this is just one of millions of parts of the human cell that 200 amino's have to bond together to create one part of the human cell you're talking about one of million process one of a million processes for that to happen that he does this while you're in your mom's while you're in your mother's womb Think about how crazy that is, that God formed you before you was in your mother's womb. And when I started to find these things out while I was in Friends of Sinners, and I'm reading and I'm just understanding the human body, like what happens whenever, whenever you're cold? What happens, anybody wanna give me? A... What happens when you're cold? You shiver, right? What's that? That's, a, that's called a heating mechanism. What happens when you're hot? What is that? A cooling mechanism. The Lord created our bodies to be able to, okay, here's another one. What happens when you get a cut on your arm? Your body basically, your platelets close up, and your body basically heals itself. What happens when, most of the time when you're healthy, when you get sick? Your immunities, are built up. What? They fight off the diseases. So understanding and thinking through those things, you don't think about that stuff whenever you're out there putting meth in your arm or heroin in your arm or whatever the case is, um, snorting cocaine off of a toilet seat, I don't know, whatever your thing was that you did, but I'm just saying, you don't think about those dumb things that what we're doing to, to our bodies, what, and, and it's, it's just crazy how we did those things and we don't think about those things and that our body is a temple and I never ever thought about those things. So again, whenever I was a jackleg being out there, I never thought about God creating every cell in my body and giving me every gift that I have. Um, that, that his identity is embedded in every single tread in my body. Every single thread in my body. Tread, thread, it's all the same. Every single thread in my body. Second verse, Matthew 10 39. It said, whoever finds their life will lose it, and he who loses their life will find it. That is probably one of the most truest verses when it comes to identity, because my whole life I've been searching for something, trying to fill a void that I would never, ever fill in my entire life. I tried to fill it with drugs, money, sex, um, all these things I thought that would fill this void in my heart, it led me down deeper in this pit hole that I was in, and it's you don't realize the thing you don't realize that at the point in time that it's sin that's keeping us where we're at. Like we're totally rebelling against how God has designed us, how God has built us, how God has made us. We're fighting against the grain. So when you fight against the grain, guess what? You're susceptible to other things to happen in your life, and that that happen, when that happens, you um, receive consequences, right? So again. The lie was that the world had everything to offer and I would just have to find it. I would have to find whatever it is, which is sin, to fill that void in my heart. And the only thing um, that the world had to offer again was sin, pain, rejection, and heartache. That is it. That's the only thing the world has to offer is sin, pain, rejection, and heartache. So I would question, you know, when a person says they, they, their, their identity is in Christ or they follow Christ, but they are searching for everything outside of Christ, so they're searching for worldly things. Again, the scripture says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my name's sake, for Christ's name's sake, will find it. That's, I mean, it's plain and simple. Plain and simple in Matthew 10, 39. So, again, note that if you um, want to go home and read it later. And the last verse is Peter 2.9 says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I never looked at myself as a royal priest or anything that it was of any value. I've never, like, I never valued myself whenever I was out there. I always thought that I would be the guy or I was the kid. You know, so, you know, whenever you're in, like, elementary school and they get, like, those awards or, like, when me and Nick, when me and Nick was in high school, um, they would always have these luncheons for those who had straight A's, right? Right? And we would always try to weasel in and sneak in. Always got caught. And for some reason, like Nick, always made it through. Probably because I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he always was able to eat pizza and he never got an A in his life, right? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is not like that. You can't sneak in. Period. You can't just slide in. Um, and that's not how the that's, that's definitely not how God operates. And again. I never seen myself as, as a royal priest, like literally uh, being up here in like a, one of those purple robes and like really looking at myself like I'm valued, like I'm worth something. But as a child of God, I want you to understand that you are valuable. You are worth something. And that's something that you have to continue over and over again to coach yourself and read the scriptures and say, I am valuable. I am a child of God. And with that, that's worth something. And you have to believe it with all your heart and all your soul. Um, again, I never looked at myself as a royal priest or anything of value. I remember, remember I gauged myself by the value of, I, I, I value myself by how the world viewed me or how the world seen me as. As we accept Jesus, he changes our identities from in the world to out of the world. So as I identified with Christ and I started to pursue Christ, he changed my identity from being in the world to out of the world, and now I no longer walk. Like, you don't, you don't catch me running around with, with guys that, that ain't walking the same direction I'm walking. You don't catch me doing those things that I once formerly did. You know, the best scripture that, I mean, the, one of my favorite scriptures is that uh, we used to read it every morning at Friends of Sinners. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. My delight is in the law of the Lord. I don't find delight in anything else apart from Christ. You know, and and that's a battle. That's that's not easy. It doesn't come easy. That's something that you have to fight for every day, day in and day out. That is a battle. But it is a battle that is worth fighting for. That is something that is worth fighting for because at the end of the day, your soul is at stake. And if you don't fight for that, best believe me, you're going to be trying to fight to get out of the pits of hell and you're not getting out. So, I mean, I'm just being flat out honest. So, the, the, the issue is, is that, um, you know, for so long, I didn't know that I could have this life or, or I didn't know what a Christian looked like. And the only way to get there, and there's no other way, is to pursue Christ. That's it. There's no other way is to pursue Christ. And once you get that down... Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and what? All will be added. Like that's seeking Christ. And when you understand, when you can grasp that and you can find a place, you can put yourself in a place to where you seek Christ and seek Christ only, seek the kingdom of heaven, I promise you everything will be. Look at my life. Look at at Nick's life. Look at Roger's life. Look at Bobby's life. Look at all these testimonies you have in here. It's because we pursued life even when things didn't go our way. We pursued Christ. So a couple other um, things that I, I I want to note is that knowing ourselves is knowing that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And in order for us to become new, we must belong to Christ. Becoming new means put away our formal sinful nature and stand against the things that God hates. Stand against the things that God hates. Note that. It's a big one. Believe it or not, you are called to walk according to your royal identity as a son or daughter of God in your everyday life. And I just want to end again with guys pursue Christ. That is the only way. And Nick's going to come finish up with a testimony because we're so close, right? We're like four peas in a pod.
0: I did make straight A's in third grade at Estes Elementary. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, like when Jew, Jew called me today, by the way, and said, can you do a testimony? But uh, yeah, that's what he does. But so like that picture, um, two boys, you know. So one thing about our culture is our culture says you can identify with whatever you want to identify with you know if you choose to be this you can be that if you want to be or you can choose to be um whoever you want to be nowadays so like i remember you know being like 12 13 and telling my mom and stepdad like Shh, who you talk i'm a man like who you talking to and my stepdad would be like well, how are you a man you don't work you don't have no money you don't have a job you don't have anything but i would look at him in his face and be like Shh, I'm a man. Who are you talking to? But like he told me, he said, well, if you're a man, get out of my house. And I learned really quick that I wasn't a man. <laughs> because like a real man, like Jews says, they follow God. They pursue Christ. So the biggest thing about identity, identity, identity to me is to get yourself around men or women that follow God. And it will show you exactly who you are because the more men that I, real men that I put myself around, the more of a boy that I learned I was. Because when you get around men who really love their wife, and you're not loving your wife, it will show you just how much of a man you're not being. When you get around uh, people that are in their words, in church, and you're making excuses, it will show you just how much of a man or woman you're not being. So for me, an identity, like in our friends of sinners always uses this, like show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like who are the five closest people around you? So today it's not that, uh, so like America is like in this place, like, hey, you turn 18, you're a man. But the problem is like what makes you a man? What makes you grown? What makes you a, a, a grown woman? And, and, and there's no like, uh, like in Africa, you know what, uh, in certain tribes, you know what makes you a man? You got to go like on the mountain kill a lion. And you bring the lion back and they're like, yeah, that's a man stuff. <laughs> the problem in America is like you got 13, 14-year-old boys like I was in a fake gang around fake friends. Selling drugs, thinking I'm Pablo Escobar with a thousand dollars in my pocket. And I'm like, I told you I was a man. What are you talking about? Huh? Yeah, well, whatever Bobby said. But, like, and you think about that stuff, like, but like a real man, and this is what identity is, like, a real man knows who they are in Christ. So I don't have to fake it anymore and pretend to be someone I'm not. Because my whole life, I, that's what I did. Like I, I wanted acceptance from everyone else. So whatever they liked, I liked. Whatever they identified with, I identified with. Just like uh, us trying to make all A's or going to the all A uh, banquet. We didn't want to put in the work to actually make all A's or study like the All-A students did. We just wanted the privileges that they got. So when we heard, hey, All-A on a honor roll gets a pizza party, we're like, well, let's join that. But quickly the teachers could identify, y'all don't even look like A students. Y'all don't even, <laughs> like, y'all just look like y'all are up to no good. But that's what, like, so when you're around real men and real women in the same way, it's easy to identify who's not following God. Because the people that I put in my life now, they push me to be a better man. They push me to pursue Christ. Like Every day, my disciple asks me, are you pursuing Christ today? Where have you seen Christ at today? And he doesn't want a generic answer. Like He wants a real answer. But a lot of the times what we do is that makes us uncomfortable because we're used to being around other people like us so, like, if you're a boy, you like being around other boys. If you're, you know, um, smoking or you're doing drugs, you like to identify with people that do the same things. But when you get yourself around, and that's what happened with Jew, I believe, is he got around finally real men, and he seen what real men do. So, like, real men and women hold each other accountable. So we come from a culture, right, where, hey, don't you niche on me. Don't tell on me, Uh, let me just do what I want to do and you worry about yourself. But real men, when you know who you are, Jew could call me out and say, Nick, you're not treating your wife uh, right. You're not coming to church like you should be. And me and him should be secure enough in our identity to be like, man, Jew, thank you for saying that to me. But for some of us, we want boys around us. And we want little girls around us. That didn't sound right. But <laughs> we, we want immature. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right. Some of y'all want immature people around y'all. Because then, <laughs> let's pray it out. <laughs> Roger's back was. So. This is why you should have wrote something down Nick. But like some of us, if we was to be honest, we want immature people around us, right? Because then we can accept just being um, just this made-up image. So for me, when I went to church, guess what I did? I acted like I was a part of the church. But then when I got around my boys that didn't go to church, I acted like a totally different person. But who are you when no one's looking? Because that's who you truly are. You're not not just, hey, praise God, and then you go outside and um, you listen to Haystack and Jelly Roll and and, and, and it's like, oh, Roger just passed me. Let me turn that that down. No, that is who you truly are. You are trying to live a made-up image that you created. So the thing about being in Christ is there's a verse, Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So it's no longer the old Nick Martin lives. It's Christ who lives within me. It's Jesus that transformed me from the inside out. So I no longer, guess what? I once was a schemer and a cheater and a no good manipulator. I'm not that guy anymore. I don't identify with that guy because that's not who I am anymore. And truthfully, some of you like Christ has been working on, but you still have an identity problem and you still, you still like, like a dog returns to its vomit, a fool to its folly. So like you keep returning back to the vomit. You keep returning back to your old ways because that's what you've identified with for so long. That's what you see yourself as and, and you have a hard time seeing yourself as but it's Christ who lives in me. So what I want to tell you, all and we can end on this, it will always pull something out of you when you surround yourself with real men or real women who follow God. It will always, you'll either rise to the standard or you'll, or you'll disappear. Because guess what, like, the people I have, Roger, Jew, uh, uh, my disciple, Craig, Joe, like they know when something's going on in my life. Like they know when uh, something's not right because we're pursuing Christ together. You know, we're, we're, we're following Christ together. And when you find yourself like with going back to the old crowds or the old people or, or the old relationships, it's because you're not seeing yourself as your, a new creation. It's, not, it's, it's like an, an abused woman that keeps going back and back and back and back. You don't have to do that. You're, you're worth way much more than that. And you need to identify as much more than that because you're a daughter of the king. Like, you're a son of the most high God. Like and, and, you know, for I heard this at one time. Like God gets the glory in, like I'm a king's kid. I walk around and I know who my father is. And when you walk around and you don't know who your father is, guess what you do? You put your identity in the things that the world tells you to put your identity in. You become, you know, like I know some guys. Uh, not Scott, but one day they're a biker and the next day they're this and the next day they're that. I'm like, good Lord, this dude's been everything since I've known him. But you know what they're looking for? Identity. They're looking for purpose. And what we do is we find out that thing that I thought was gonna complete me and I, I was gonna identify with, it didn't complete me like I thought it was. So for me, like I always thought like, If I ever buy a house, everybody will know me and identify with me as successful. Or if I do this, then everyone will cheerlead me. And then I found out I was still empty. I was still broken. So if your identity isn't in Christ, it's in the wrong things. Like even if your identity isn't your husband or your wife, you're putting it in the wrong thing. Your identity has to be in Christ and Christ alone. You identify as his. And from there, um, you change from the inside out. So who you're identifying with, get yourself around men that follow God, get yourself around women that follow God. Because for me, like, at one point, like Jew Jew is my best friend. But even early on in my walk, like, I had this choice of like, who is going to kind of be my disciple or who do I want to lead me? And I knew at that time, that I, like, even though me and Jew, we talk about God all the time, I was like, man, I need a different discipler. Because me and Jew had came up in that same identity, in that same environment, like, we're not going to tell on each other. You know, like, we're going to um, kind of sugarcoat each other. And I needed someone who wasn't afraid to tell me truth. Like, and Jew actually did one night, like, man, I was going to, do some bad stuff, and Jew was like, Nick, you're going to lose your family. He was like, you go do that, you'll lose your family. So in that moment, I thank God for having real men around my life who prayed for me, who loved me, who who pointed me back to Christ. And for some of you, like, I get so tired of you tell someone you miss them at church and they take it as offense. They're like, don't be texting me you miss me at church. Why wouldn't I? You were supposed to be here. But they people get mad because they want to go do something else and identify something else. No, I'm holding you to a standard and accountable as a child of God. And that's the people we want in our life. But, uh, Jew, you want to pray it out?
1: To end with this, just a, a thought while I was sitting down. I, can, I just can't imagine, like, God, how God feels when his children are wandering off and their identities not placed in him. I just can't imagine me being a father now thinking my children just wandering off and living a whole different life. It just, I can't imagine. You know, so that's more of a reason why we need to do what we're supposed to be doing to um, be, um, I guess, pillars and be. Um, leaders as far as how everybody else sees us and our kids see us also so dearly father we just thank you lord again for allowing us to come and have this lesson lord we just thank you for blessing this time i just pray that if anybody in here doesn't know you that may come to know you father god um i know that it is tough it is a, a long road there's many um steps that we take backwards lord in order to move forward so i just pray that whoever is experiencing that right now, that they find somebody that they can talk to and that they're open about it. And Lord, that they start to, that you strengthen and, 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 and give them the strength to endure through these times, Father God. And again, Lord, we love you. We praise you in your son's precious name. We pray, amen.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's Table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.